Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome. This is the Late Breaking Formula One podcast. We're on uh, one of those in-between weeks, I'm afraid. You know, one of those sad weeks where there's no F1 lighting our way at the end of on the weekend. But um, we'll have some juicy discussions to get into anyway. We're going to be discussing... F1 maybe going to Miami for a second potential time. Um, we're going to be talking about the F2 drivers, who we think has F1 potential in the future. Uh, but first, we will be getting to Eddie Irvine making a controversial statement uh, about Max Verstappen and Charles Leclerc that I'll get to in just a moment. But first of all, Harry Eid, Samuel Sage, both joining me today. I'm Ben Hocking. Guys, how are you doing? Are you? <laughs> I am. I'm convinced I am. Well, that's always nice to hear. Folks listening, how are you? Hope you're having a grand old day listening to us on the LB podcast. Um, controversial topics. Eddie Irvine getting involved in the old news going out on there. You know, not often one to speak out and about, but he has declared that Leclerc be better than Verstappen. What say you? Can I just yeah. say, before we get into it, Eddie Irvine is only second to... Um, Jacques Villeneuve in people that I don't care what they have to say. <laughs> I'll have you know, he's the only Formula One driver bar David Coulthard that's held me in his arms. I know, well, that's the, you, you redeemed it with DC, but I mean, Eddie Irvine, whatever, mate. <laughs> whatever. I have to say, it is hilarious how much you don't care about ex-drivers making bold statements about current drivers. Um, to give... To, to preface it, Eddie Irvine did make this statement before the Japanese Grand Prix, which makes it quite funny, to be honest, because he said that Charles Leclerc is a much, much better driver than Max Verstappen. And one of the reasons he gave was that Charles Leclerc makes fewer errors. Of course, the ironic thing being Charles Leclerc driving into Max Verstappen at Suzuka. Um, Sam, first of all, do you agree with the statement that he is much, much better? And if you do, why? And if you don't, why? I want to start by emphasising the double much that was used. Much, much better. Like like we're comparing me driving around in like one of those Playmobil yellow and red cars on a go-kart track, oh. running around with my feet out the bottom. Vintage. And Charles Leclerc in a Ferrari. That's what it feels like the comparison is. We're comparing Max Verstappen, who the first time he got into a Red Bull car, he held off two Ferraris and one on his first ever racing a Red Bull. A car that was not the superior car. Yes, Max Verstappen has made a lot of mistakes. Max Verstappen came into that senior seat at an incredibly young age and has almost carried the weight of the Red Bull team on his shoulders for quite some time now. Even when Ricardo was there, he was always seen as the golden boy, the wonder boy. And um, I don't see how you can't see absolute pure talent in Max Verstappen. Charles Leclerc is an incredible Formula One talent, but to say that Charles Leclerc is much, much better than Max Verstappen because of a lack of mistakes... One, Charles Leclerc's only had two, well, a season and a half in Formula One. A lot less time to make that obvious. And we've seen some serious mistakes with Charles Leclerc this season alone. He made something alpha last time as well. I mean, it was a great spin, but a spin nonetheless in Hockenheim last season. And that really cost him some points. Only just finished above Marcus Ericsson. Rest in peace, Marcus, your Formula One career. Um, and I, I generally just think that they're very level at the moment. You know, they've got some real potential, both of them, to be like almost kind of Senna and Prost-esque through this next period of Formula 1. So, no, he's not much, much better. I think they're on a real strong level in playing. I would actually almost say that currently, for me, Max Verstappen is the better of the two drivers, just on actual complete packaging. 
of a driver. Qualifying, I think that Leclerc has it, but I think overall, I think Max is still that better, more experienced driver. Harry, Eddie Irvine saying much, much better. Do you agree with Mr. Irvine or are you going to rip him a new one? <laughs> um, I ignore that it was Irvine that said it because otherwise I'm just going to go off on a rant. Um, for the statement itself, then, no, I, I, I'm with Sam. I don't agree. And I think it's unfair to to put that statement on Leclerc because Leclerc is only, he's not even had two full seasons yet. He's just about to finish season two of his F1 career. He's been pole vaulted into a Ferrari seat, deservedly, but early doors in his career. And he's shown he's got the pace. He's won races, but then he's also showing he can, he, he's vulnerable to making mistakes, which um, he has done this year, like when he binned it in Germany and Verstappen won. And then he um, he crashed into Verstappen at the weekend. So, yeah, un- unfair statement to make on Leclerc. It, you know, I don't know why. Well, no, I know why he said it because he's a moron. But he just <laughs> it was be in the headlines. Um, yeah, it's not true. But that's not to say in a few years' time that Leclerc might be better than Verstappen once mistakes have been ironed out, just as Verstappen did. Um, you know, in last uh, last year in 2018. Um, and now look at Verstappen. He's you know, he rarely makes mistakes now. So um, yeah, unfair statement. Don't agree with it but not to say that Leclerc might not be one day. Um, just going to interject before Ben gives his opinion. Petition to start drivers pole vaulting into their driver's seats uh, to go around, please, immediately. I would love to see drivers with pole vaults into their car. Great idea. I will sign up for that. Um, your pole vaults. To go back to something slightly more on topic... Um, yeah, I don't agree at all. I think it's absolutely not true. Um, Eddie Irvine has completely whiffed on this one. Um, and the thing is, I wouldn't have mind if um, he went out and said, I think Charles Leclerc is a better driver than Max Verstappen. That kind of a statement is absolutely fine. I, don't, I wouldn't necessarily agree with it at this point in their respective careers. But that is an opinion you could hold and you could probably back it up and you could argue it the other way as well. But to say that either one of those two drivers is much, much better than the other, I just can't quite follow it and I don't agree with it. Um, And Eddie Irvine, he, he attempted to back up his view by saying that the reason he thinks Charles Leclerc is is better is because he doesn't make as many mistakes, which, okay. In after a year and a half of F1, Verstappen was probably making more mistakes than Charles Leclerc is now, uh, but we're not comparing them at their respective points in their career. We're we're comparing them directly now. Um, and at the moment, Charles Leclerc is making more mistakes than Max Verstappen, let alone you know the same amount. Charles Leclerc, and like I say, these comments were made before Suzuka. So even if you take out that incident, you've still got so many this year where Charles Leclerc who I will say has had a really good first year at Ferrari. He has made mistakes. Um, you alluded to to Germany, Harry, but there's also been Monaco, where he was just overzealous when he's starting at the back and he wasn't able to cut his way through the field like Max Verstappen did the year beforehand. Um, and we've also got Azerbaijan. He probably had the pace to win there. He binned it in qualifying. Hungary, OK, he didn't have the pace to win there, but again, binned it in qualifying. There are a number of incidents he's had this year, which has made it a far from flawless year for him. So the whole fewer mistakes thing just doesn't make sense to me. And I actually think that 
by the end of their careers, I I actually reckon Leclerc's going to have a marginally better career than Verstappen. I think it'll be very close, and I think they those two might well be the guys to take F1 into the future. Um, but they are they are so evenly matched. We saw it at Austria. We, we we've seen it a couple of times already this year. They are almost neck and neck in terms of points. Um, and once Leclerc gets some more experience in Formula One to to really match that of Verstappen, then we can really see them go at it, um, p- depending on where their teams are. Um, but yeah, I think Eddie Irvine is is wrong with these comments. Wrong, wrong, wrong. So we're, just we're to all in agreement there. The LB verdict is Eddie Irvine. You are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he is going to be utterly devastated well he will he he held me like the baby that i am and now i've rebelled against him (laughs) i can't believe how that always makes its way into videos it really shouldn't it's a very important claim that lb have anyway so uh, enough of enough of verstappen and, and leclerc for for the moment we'll move on to F1 claiming that they have an agreement to race in Miami and um, this might well be deja vu because of course they had that in principle uh, once around the American Airlines arena that didn't uh, come through thanks to some some pesky people in Miami saying it's gonna create too much noise or whatever they said Um, fair enough you know he would have disturbed their lifestyle whatever so the question is again this is pending approval from the county but this could happen around Miami's Hard Rock Stadium. Harry, as early as 2021 as well, do you think that this is going to come through for them? And, and do you think this is a good idea? Before I answer. Welcome to Miami. We're going to Miami. Great. <laughs> Copyright. Um, Copyright strikes. going to come through. Not, not confident, but... Saw the saw the uh, layout of the track last night, or the the few renders of the track that came out last night. Um, and it looks well, it looks more interesting than the original one they had planned in downtown Miami or, or wherever it was. Um, yeah, got some interesting bits in it. Whether it goes ahead, who knows? And I saw an interesting comment about Cota, and they need to be careful about alienating Cota because that track's. A fixture in the F1 calendar now, and they don't want to. I know they want more than one American race, but they need to solidify. I think they still need to solidify um, that track's place on the F1 calendar because it's not. It's not always been popular, and but it's it's gathered ga- gathered some momentum now, and they need to make sure they don't lose that by taking its status as the only U.S. Grand Prix away. Um, so yeah, so they need to be careful of that. Yeah, I, who knows what's going to happen? They've already, like you say, deja vu. They've already said it once before. Um, it could all fall through again. But in principle, not opposed to it. Sam, what do you reckon? Well, in Miami, you can't miss a drip on the strip. Um, I genuinely think that the track that they propose, if it is a purpose-built track, not some car park, not some streets in a tight winding area that we've just gone, I we can close down that bit for a weekend. I want a built circuit i am all up for another american track it's a big enough country it can sustain it it's both sides of the country as well that works the track looks good it's got an epically long straights down one end it's got some great tight twisting corners there are overtaking spots that they have been proposed i am all up for another american central 
chilling out, Hawaiian shirts, you know, we're on the beach, we're living the dream. That's the, that's the F1 Grand Prix I would be happy to go to. I think it will really bring in a crowd. It will boost F1's morale, F1's reputation around the US. And I generally think it's a good idea if they can build a proper circuit and we're not just using a road that goes around a casino or a nightclub, please. Benjamin, what do you think? Well, I, I think they their track record with street circuits and non-purpose built circuits it isn't great is it i mean if you look at caesar's palace of course number one on the list but if you look at dallas and detroit phoenix none of them have really none of them caught on and, and none of them were able to to really build anything of a brand for themselves and they weren't able to have decades worth of races they were pretty much either one and done or a few years and it was off the calendar so yeah um they need to be need to be wary of that um what you say about kota is 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 absolutely right i think the us is definitely big enough of a market or at least a potential market um to have two races um and i think it is fair to have one of them at a purpose-built circuit like kota if you were going to go to, I don't know, Indy or Watkins Glen or whatever, and then have one street circuit as well. The question is whether they are going to, the people of Miami are going to embrace this just like the likes of Melbourne and Singapore have. I expect they're going to need some um, high level entertainment on the side, some uh, some artists um, like they do with Singapore, sometimes with Abu Dhabi, where F1 perhaps isn't strong enough by itself to pull in these massive crowds they might need help in that respect but having looked at the the artist's rendition of the track i think it looks good um and yeah i think this really falls on the people of miami are they going to come out in droves to to support this event is it going to be that major boost for the miami economy like f1 are claiming it to be it's all very well sean bratch is going out there saying it will be worth this x amount of money for for the city but you know, if there's just nothing there, if there's no interest, if they can't get that spark generated, it's going to be all for nothing. So um, I think there is a good chance it goes ahead. I think it's got more chance than the original proposal did. Um, but yeah, the longevity of this race is all going to be based on the people of Miami. Are they invested in Formula One or are they going to go go back to or are they going to stick in their roots with, with other uh, series in America that are more popular? Well, Here's how Miami are going to accept Formula One. Lewis Hamilton on a jet ski is coming in and then pulling up in a $100 million car. Everybody got him. It's going to be Will Smith because Miami's his second home. So he's going to turn up. Lewis Hamilton's going to turn up with him. They're going to walk in and be like, F1's here, y'all. And that's it. They'll be done. Pre-show, three hours, Pitbull, just saying Miami. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. Yeah, every hour with Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> and then just three states away, you could have um, what's his name that sits there and goes, Booga Bang Bang, <laughs> Sean Paul. That's the guy. <laughs> well, at least this conversation didn't descend into nonsense. Um, <laughs> oh dear, Sean Paul. Every time. <laughs> it's impressive how it does. Sorry, podcast listeners. Now, now of course that would be another track on the calendar and it would be as early as 2021 if it did go ahead we're, we're really getting towards almost 25 races at this point it's, it's heading that way um do you think something needs to be done 
in terms of the calendar now, Harry, because if this goes ahead, there's just going to be too many races, surely. What if we asked whoever is in charge of the, the actual months to make another month and we'll call it... F1 month? Amanuary. Amanuary. <laughs> yes. I mean, not only have you made up that someone is in charge of months... You then called it a man, you airy. I'm not suggesting that the, the men are in charge of the months. That's just the first thing that came to my head. Um, yeah, and then <sighs> extra room for the F1 races. This is true. Uh, th- this is an idea I, I kind of I pitched it to Sam the other day. So I'll, I'll, I'll say it again as we're now on air. Seems appropriate to say it. Um, what if we had some sort of system where there were a set number of races in a season, say 15 or so, um, and then there are five other races in a year, but those are alternated between 10 different tracks. So you've got 10 circuits that have biannual races and then 15 circuits that get a race every year. That way you're getting through 25 circuits every two years without having the major congestion in a year. What do you think of that, Andy? I love that idea. I mean, if America wanted to have two races, Cota one year, street racing, Florida, the next year, that works brilliantly. We've also got other tracks in the UK that could get a little bit of love. Donington has always done well in Formula One. Oh, yeah, no. Back to Donington. Fine, we'll go back to Alton Towers. <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's tracks like the Nürburgring and Hockenheim that could easily take over. Magni Core and Paul Richard, they could swap around as well. Um, Valencia was no, never mind. Sorry, I don't know where I'm going with that one. Um, Monza and Imola, of course, if that was picked back up, maybe that could be exciting if the track was widened. Ben, I think it's a fantastic idea, and it means we get to go to more places. It's more exciting, even if you didn't alternate between country tracks. You had the likes of bring India back for one season instead of Singapore or something. I don't know. That could be good fun. It could be interesting. But if we brought India back, that would mean Vettel wins by default because no one else apart from Vettel can win at that circuit. It's actually the rule. Um, Harry, what do you think of the idea? Well, Ben, I don't like to compliment you, but that's quite a good idea. I mean, this is well established. You don't like to do that, so thank you. I I felt a bit ill. I just bit sick in my throat then when I said it. But, Mm. um, yeah, uh, I love it. I love the idea. And it saves, yeah, the stress of having to cut races. You're not cutting them. You're just alternating or, yeah. No, love it. All for it. Pitch it. Rock up to Sean Bratch's house and just pitch it to him. Right, this is, well, this well, is my direct pitch to Sean right. B. So everyone prepare for this because this, this could be really important. Don't you could be watching this. On I mean, it's largely what I've said already, but previously I was just talking to everyone. Now I'm talking to you, Sean Bratches, directly. All right, pre- I'm, pre- I'm cutting out every other listener and viewer at this point. I'm sorry, but Sean, one-on-one conversation here. Okay, it just involves me, but a one-on-one conversation. Pick up this idea, man. 15 set races a year, 10 circuits that alternate, so they have five each year. Do it now, honestly. And I'll let you take the credit for it. I won't even ask to have credit for it. I mean, you know, plug LB in a few places if you could, you know. Have us, as, you know, as the starting lights. You could just have LB in the middle of them or something like that. <laughs> oh, um, the Heineken stars over the track, but it's a big LB. That would be beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so... um. I look forward to your response, Sean. Thank you. I'm I'm going to propose another idea that could go along with this, actually, and it's a little bit wacky racer esque. Um, oh, WEC WEC is a fantastic racing category. 
I love a multi-class race. Let's get F1, F2, and maybe something else on the grid at the same time and do a proper insurance race with multiple drivers and F1 cars. Wow. That's bold. Wacky races at its finest. <laughs> that really is. Or, you know, as a one-off, maybe. Or Just like every, every few years. Maybe almost like the Olympics. <laughs> I mean, I think it'll be bigger than the Olympics. Uh, yeah, no doubt. It would overtake the Olympics very, very quickly indeed. Um, moving on, uh, and it's quite a good transition because we are going to go into some F2 drivers now and discuss who we think in that category could well make it in Formula One. Um, Harry, I'll kick off with you on this one. Are there any standouts for you when you look at them and say, yes, you are going to make F1, son, and you are going to do a good job? Yeah, you got a clue. I'm just going to get the obvious answer out of the way. Ragunathan. (laughs) (laughs) Don't need to, don't need to, um, to so really get, so get into F1. Oh, get into F1. Right, that's what we're talking about. Sorry. Um, who could get into F1 from F2? Uh, well, Mick Schumacher, obviously. Uh, Latifi, I think he's still... He might, he might be in it next year, for all we know. Um, <laughs> trying to think of F2 drivers now. Uh, Giotto, potentially. I see Giotto in, F, in F1 one day. Um... Should really got a list of F2 drivers up in front of me. I can see that's what Sam is doing. See that uh, that would have helped a lot. But I mean, is there is there one of those guys where it, they kind of raise themselves above the pack? Do you think? Well, I don't know. I'm this year's was a. I'm not saying it was a poor year, but if we compare it to last year as well, in particular, it's it's not the best F2 grid we've seen for a while. Um, so no one. I don't know if anyone particularly stood out. I mean, the obvious one is Nick DeFries, but he's already gone off to Formula E. Um, but he, I think he could have a spot in Formula 1 if he wanted it. Um, yeah, not, no one in, in particular stands out, though, but there, there are a smattering of drivers in there that I think make it. And, of course, Ragunathan is the most important of that he list anyway. Part of, yeah. But, of course, we know Ragunathan is going to become the first 10-time world champion in F1 history, which is just a matter of time on that one. Um, Sam, do you have any standouts? Do you have um, a few guys? Yeah, well, I'm going to kind of run through some really brief bits and kind of start, do a deep dive into some analysis, which is like, oh, like my, my mother listens to this podcast and she hates that expression. Um, so we're going to do a big of a, dive. a deep dive. Um, oh, so... There are some people that I think will never make it into Formula One. Those being Calderon, those being Ranganathan or Ranganathan. I don't know how you say his name. Apologies. I didn't to the Ranganathan or Ranganathan. Either way, I'm saying it right one of the ways. Um, <laughs> I don't think that unless they're going to spend an absolute ton of money, I don't think they ever deserve to make it in on talent. Obviously, Nick DeFries is gone. A few years ago, maybe had the opportunity to get in there, but no. He's gone. Latifi, Giotto, I think too old now. They've lost yet. I think they've got to that point where they're, what, 24, 25? They're at that point now within their final year of this junior category. They need to go off and do something. That won't be Formula 1, I don't think. Uh, Latifi obviously maybe has that chance of winning his, but I don't think that's set in stone. You've got people like Matsushita, again, a little bit older. Not sure he's really up to the scratch now of Formula 1. It's maybe past it. He's older than some of the youngest F1 drivers out there, like, um, like of course, Verstappen, Leclerc and the, and the likes. But um, there are also some really promising names. And the first one you've got to shout out for, obviously super sad, super unfortunate, is Hubert. Hubert was an absolute brazen talent. Of course, the final GP3 champion. 
um, and was doing super well in the most current series. He's still in front of Mick Schumacher on points for this season, and he didn't get to compete in the last few races. So I think Hubert could be a real talent. Um, Mick Schumacher is another one of those. I do think that with his influence, with his name, with his talent, he is going to have an F1 drive. I don't think he'll be as successful as his father, but I do think there is an F1 drive waiting for him. The two that really, really stand out for me are going to be a young Japanese driver and a young Chinese driver. And this is something that I think Formula 1 is missing, that that Eastern influence. And that is going to be um, Zhao, which I'm definitely getting wrong, and Sato. Uh, and then, of course, you've got Pato Award, who is coming through as well. But those two, for me at the moment, are the two really promising drivers. Both 20 years old. Both have got great links to um, teams up above them. You know, Renault being the main of those two. And I generally think that they could have a bit of an influence on the Formula 1 grid. I think they've got talent. They're scoring points. Sato looks promising, considering he was only in it for a few races at the end of the season. Uh, Zhao did really well. He finished, I think, in the top eight or nine drivers. He looked really promising. And he's super young. He's got at least another year in F2 where he can build that. I'm excited for both of those two. I think Hubert will be the other guarantee to get into F1 in the next year or so. Maybe Mick Schumacher being the fourth of that. But those two for me are what I think is going to turn Formula 1 around. They're almost an Eastern influence kind of thing. It could make China a really big part of F1. There could be a race in China if he becomes a big name in the sport. So I'm excited to see those two move up. Yeah, I think probably the most likely to move up, um, or at least the most immediate, likelihood of moving up is Nicholas Latifi just because he is probably the only guy in F2 who has a reasonable chance of being in F1 next year um that Williams seat might well become available for him um yeah I think I think Schumacher partly because he he has got some talent and partly because of his name I think they'll combine and give him a very good chance of appearing in F1 um Guan Yuzu, like you just said, obviously Sam, he's done a he's done a good job this year. He is significantly younger than most of the drivers who are above him in the championship as well. So when some of those depart, he might well find himself in contention for the championship next year. Um, I absolutely agree with you on Antoine Hubert. If this question was posed a few months ago, he probably would have been my number one on this list. Um and Jack Aitken, who hasn't been mentioned yet, I think um, his links to Renault, um, whether this Campos-associated team starts up in F1, he might have a chance there. So he could well appear as well. Um, but here's for something a little controversial. I don't think there is one driver in Formula 2 at the moment who will succeed in Formula 1. I don't think there is one. Um, perhaps the closest, I think, would be Mick Schumacher. But I don't think he's got the potential to live up to the top guys in Formula One. Mick Schumacher, what, currently sat 12th in the championship? Or he's outside the top 10 regardless. Um, and I understand based on his F3 days that he does generally take time to get used to a series. Um, but I just don't think he's got that same level of Charles Leclerc, George Russell talent, where they were able to win the championship as rookies. Schumacher's walked in. There have been a few good performances here and there, but it's been nowhere near consistent enough. And I just think there's something holding them, a lot of the others, back. Latifi, Sete Camera. I mean, Latifi, def Latifi, he would have made it already if he was good enough. And that's going to sound pretty horrible, but I really think he would already be there if he was good enough. Same with Luca Giotto. Same with Nobuharu Matsushita. Um, Guan Yuzu, he does have a few more years on those guys, so he might stand a chance. But again, he didn't really perform in Formula 3. Um, he's done well in Formula 2. It's one of those weird occasions where it was an underwhelming Formula 3 career for him, but he's actually done much better in F2. Aitken, I can put him in the same category as Latifi. Um, 
you know, he had a chance teammates with George Russell. He was beaten by him. Um, so I actually, I actually don't think there's anyone on the grid right now. And Sete Camera, who I said as well, he's, um, he's a solid driver, but just doesn't have, he just doesn't pick up enough wins. He, he really doesn't um, push it to the next level. So I'm going to say that there is no driver in Formula 2. And I challenge all 20 of them to get into Formula 1 and prove me wrong and play this back to me in five years' time. I don't think any of them are going to do anything special in Formula 1. So if you think, and I actually, I've, now you've mentioned it, I think I am inclined to agree with you about the potential of those drivers. I do think maybe Sato um, or Zhao are the two people, if they can continue the way they're going, are the two people that might have a chance. But obviously F3 is the next step down. Who do you see as the, the young potential influence that could come up through the ranks? See, I think there's I think there's more potential in F3 at the moment than there is in F2. I think Robert Schwartzman will make F1, and I think he will have a good career in F1 as well. Um, I think Marcus Armstrong is potentially on that path as well. Yuri Vips, I think he will eventually end up in the Red Bull seat, or at least in the Toro Rosso seat, and if he's good enough for the Red Bull seat. Um, and Christian Lundgaard as well. I, I, I think he will do well in F1 one day. So I think there are up to maybe four or five guys in F3 at the moment who I think will appear in F1. It's odd. We have such an incredible amount of talent there through F2. The likes of, like you said, Landon Norris, Russell, Verstappen, uh, Hulkenberg was in there just before those guys. Leclerc obviously came through. And then we had the likes of Hamilton. And there were so many incredible drivers all within kind of a 10-year gap of each other. Um, and you're right. This feels like the first year that is incredibly underwhelming. I mean, Nick DeVries is a great driver, but he's almost just a strong driver in a weak field. And that's why no one ever picked him up in F1, I don't think. And that's why he's off to Formula E, which we shouldn't say it's a bad series, of course. Formula E is for competitive drivers as well. And he's still, in its own right, a very competitive series. But it still hasn't got the prestige of Formula 1 to its name. I think DeVries is unlucky with the timing of um, Norris arriving on the scene. Because he was McLaren's young driver. And then Norris turned up and was Lando Norris about everything. And then... Yeah, McL- I don't know if McLaren dropped him or they, yeah, it's just kind of drifted into nothingness. But yeah, now he's off to Formula E instead. Although apparently if anyone saw the Geox Dragon team uh, Twitter today, Lando Norris drives to them as well. <laughs> but I need to go and check that one out. Everyone needs a bite of the, of, of the Norris. Yeah. <laughs> needs some milk. Um, I should also say as well, um, I it sounds a bit critical of all those F2 drivers, but I mean, they are all immensely talented. Other than Rakunathan, you are awful. Um, <laughs> but the rest of them are they're all talented individuals and we are comparing them against the absolute elite of motorsport. Um, and it's only because we're comparing them against that kind of talent that um, some of these views might be a bit critical. But hey, we're, we're here to have opinions, aren't we? And I do actually think that the current you know, uh, uh, academy of F1 that we have at the moment is some of the best we've ever seen as well. The grid in terms of quality of drivers over the last two, three years has been astoundingly good. And the young talent that have stepped up into F1 recently have also been incredible. So always tough to impress when you're up against some big names like that. Indeed. Um, so actions for both of you. Harry, if you can get in contact with Rakunathan and get him on the show for next week. Um, and until that time, Sam, can you get us out of here? Well, I think so. I'm very much looking forward to Ragunathan being on the show. Apologies if I pronounced your name incorrectly. Uh, if you have enjoyed listening to the podcast, to the show, then please, of course, make sure you follow, subscribe, get involved. We're over on Twitter, over on Instagram. And thank you for taking your time out of your day to give us a listen. We very much appreciate it. In the meantime, I've been Samuel Sage. I've been Ben Hocking. I've been Harry Eats. And remember, keep breaking late.